0: In today's episode, we're speaking to Rob Green. Rob is a lifelong learner, constantly seeking knowledge to empower himself and others. An entrepreneur, a consultant, and a podcaster, he has balanced between being a devoted father and having a successful career. Rob has owned 17 brands over the course of his career, and he's currently the host of the podcast, I Am the One. In which he provides practical guidance on building wealth, maintaining healthy relationships, and achieving well being. Let's speak to Rob and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your Money Wise expert. And today, I'm so excited. We're speaking to the amazing Rob Green. Welcome, Rob.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, Rob. Rob, everyone's heard your intro. I do know how fabulous you are, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Sure.
1: Uh, so I worked in corporate America for quite a long time, and everybody says to find your passion. And my passion was that I hated corporate America. So I had to find a way out of it. So what I did is I started doing e-commerce back in 2011. Okay, uh, just drop shipping. So it's been a, it's been more than a decade. Started off drop shipping, but then I, I caught the niche of private labeling, creating my own brands. Started doing that in 2015. So I've been living in this ecosystem of e-commerce, Amazon, Walmart, marketplaces, uh, Shopify for the last decade. And that's what I've been able to do is build a handful of brands. I've sold a few brands, and that br- those brands and being an entrepreneur has allowed me to kind of design the life that I want to live.
0: Awesome, awesome. So let's get started with that. So let's see, so you come from the corporate world. Now I know there are so many people who are currently in the corporate world who want to exit as well. But it's that corporate mentality, once you get trapped into, into it, and especially if you have a young family or just even a family, just it doesn't matter if you're younger or the teenagers or even older, you get used to that certain lifestyle and you have this false notion of security. And, um, and therefore, it's very difficult to break free. And even if you do break free, you know, you're, even if you set up your own company and you it do up doing work, it's very difficult to break free from the employee mentality. So talk us through how did you, how did it begin for you and how did you end up being here and how did you, you know, let go of the shackles of the corporate world? Because they really are shackles.
1: That, that is a great question. And I run across people all the time with the same exact challenge, people I meet mm-hmm. in my everyday life. I was, I have to think back now in 2011, I was 35 and I had two young kids, hmm. wife, house payment, just like everybody else had a good job making six figures, doing outside sales. But I knew that at that point, my kids were, my daughters were very small, um, two and one, I believe, three hmm. and one at the time. And so I, I knew that I didn't want to have that as I grew up. I wanted to have freedom and the ability to spend time with them. So I sat down, my wife and I talked about it and said, how can I design my life to, so that we have the time to spend with the children? So I could be with the kids. She stayed home with the kids at that point. But how can I be, spend more time with them and integrate you know, with life and business together? And the reality is, even though I had a good job and it was outside sales and was flexible, that wasn't going to give me the life I wanted to design. No. So I live in Arizona. It's hotter than Hades here, especially in the summer. We want to leave the whole entire summer. So how do I design my life to do that? I need to have my own business. I didn't know what to do. I happened across uh, e-commerce and, and drop shipping. just literally stumbled onto it. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I, you know, I went to grad school, went, got an MBA. I understood business, but I didn't know that mindset part about like, how do I just figure it out? And what I decided to do, I read the four-hour work week. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss I was like, I just got to do it. I've just got to take action. I'll figure it out. I'm a smart guy. I'll start doing things and I'll start learning. And as I learn, I'll have more confidence and we'll keep going. The best thing I did, honestly, a lot of people at that transition point, I kept my job while I figured it out. So it was truly a side hustle back then, Mm. but I was balancing a full-time job, learning a new business, two small children. So I had to give up something. And what Mm. I find is a lot of people, I say this, people say I I want, they want to do what I do now, Mm. but are unwilling to do what I did to get to where I am Oh my
0: God, that is so powerful. And I I really, really uh, want to sort of emphasize that. And I see that far too often. People want the rewards without the actual hard work. And I recently heard someone, I can't remember who said it, and that you know, people have this idea that entrepreneurship is all glamour and all rewards, because they want the rewards, but they don't see the years and years of hard work and the failures, so-called failures. I see them as lessons. I don't think anything is a failure. The lessons that I learned, learned, the brutality of being on your own and doing it and having the responsibility. Um, and it's just... It's not luck, it's opportunity that you know, meets the timing, which ends up creating luck, but you have to do the work and you have to put the hours in. And so many people are not willing to pay the price.
1: I completely agree with you. You better have one of three things or preferably all three. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to give time, yeah. energy and money yeah. and probably all three, but you yeah. need to sacrifice something for it to work, there's not, everybody wants a handout, right? I, yeah. Not everybody. A lot of people yeah. want a handout these days where they want to push the easy button. Mm-hmm. And so oh, I just want to have this life and I want to have this business and I want to be able to do what I want to do. Well, you have to trade something off yeah. to create that value. And I think that's missing so often. I have a lot of people that I know that I, I call them entrepreneurs. They want to be entrepreneurs someday, yeah. but they're unwilling to make that transition mentally to say I'm willing to do X, Y, and Z to get that result that I desire.
0: Yeah, and I think this is this is key because nothing in life that's worth having comes easy. It just doesn't. Uh, even in, in any even health. If you want to be healthy, you have to pay the price of you know the eating, the 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 the, you know, the the exercise and whatever else. Relationships again, and when it comes to business, it's no different. You have to pay the price, but a lot of people are not willing to pay that and are not willing to do what's required. And when you were saying that. It comes at all different prices. I mean, at different times, you're able to sacrifice different things. I think, I'm not saying it's easy for men, but I think at times, it's, you know, with women, it's, you have to work things around your kids. Because for me, when I had my kids, my kids were a priority. Having said that, and a number of women can say, oh, but I have to be around kids. I chose to go into business because I didn't want to go back into corporate world. I had to be around my two young children. I didn't want them to be growing up with nannies. That motivation pushed me to do but that meant I was doing at times eighteen hours a day. I was waking up, doing the work in between the mummy drop, doing mummy stuff, and my work had to fit in there in their around their life. So I didn't sacrifice being a mother, but I sacrificed myself, and it was a lot of hours. But now, been look, looking back, people say, "Oh, you got lucky." I don't see lucky was there. It was just sheer hard work—sixteen to eighteen hours a day, regularly for God knows how long. Because my kids still had to go to an after-school club. I was a single parent. And do the work, I think that's what's missing—that that dedication.
1: I think it's—I do think it's really a big challenge for women. We—I have a, a small mastermind. We've got eleven of us, all e-commerce oriented. Um, what's a little bit different about it is—is is you can't buy your way in. And what I mean is, we all share the costs. We get house, get a chef, and then what happens is we all add value to each other. Mm-hmm. If you don't add enough value, we kick you out. That's mm-hmm. really the way you stay in the group. We are constantly looking. We have one woman full-time member now where we had a couple before she's a mom with two young kids. We are always every meeting saying, are there any women we know that are e-commerce, e-commerce entrepreneurs that we can have in the group? Mm. We invite a guest as a woman. It is very, tons of guys. We got guys all over the place to invite. It's really challenging. And what I have found is that the women that have been successful entrepreneurs, at least in my space, have a very supportive spouse or partner yes. that is taking on that additional role to free them up to be able to do the business side of
0: it. 100%. And I think at this point, if you don't have then if you have, or they have supportive families, if you don't have supportive yes. families, um, then it's it's very, very challenging. However, I can say all of that that I had zero family. I, would say I was a single parent. I had absolutely no one. And I had a nine year old and a five year old. And I am to the point where, you know, I've got multiple seven figure companies now. But it's it, the, if I go back and if I had to tell someone how the amount of heartache, the, the tears, the 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 sheer pushing myself and going along and like you know literally and a multitasking in between making food and and making you know website or whatever the hell I was doing, it's 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 doable, but it's a lot of work. And I this is why I don't see a lot of people being where they where they need to be. Now what I'm working on again and I, 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 the reason why I share this is because every moment of time in your entrepreneurial life, you're with the next challenge, you, the challenge you have, you will require different sacrifice. One of my biggest ones was I was, a, I do want to be away from home because of my current um, venture I'm doing. There is where I have to, I'm spending one night away from home. I have to stay at the hotel because of, it's the, the company I have is, is away from home, but I'm still paying that price. I'm able to do that. And this is what I come back to you. How do you tell someone it, it's for me, it's, Uh, you know I've done it so I I can actually relate to you but a lot of people would be wouldn't wouldn't be well I I can't do this I've got kids at home I've got to do this and I've got to that how did you how do you um convince someone that I had two young kids had a wife to support and I had a full-time job and I was I was doing the hustle and I was taking the kid the time I should be spending with my one-year-old and my three-year-old I was spending on the, the, the hustling how did you how do you explain that
1: to someone well, that's a great question. I think there's two pieces to this, for me, at least, that drive me. One is my greatest fear is looking at myself in the mirror and imagine what it could have been. Mm. So my goal is to try to drive to reach my potential, which I think I'm vastly underneath my potential so far. So it's continually just striving to get better and improve and optimizing. The other piece of it is, what better example can you provide for your children oh, than yes. being an entrepreneur? Mm. For me, those were the two drivers to make it happen. And my kids, I mean, I joke that they're unemployable. They're 15 and 13, my daughters, and they only know really me as an entrepreneur their entire life, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so they think about it this way. They're involved in the business. I bring them in, they they see what we do. They see the products we sell. They've been involved in photo shoots. So for me, it was like an easy integration of the family life and the business side of it, and it's it, it allows me to teach also to my children a lot of the things I'm learning. So I come back, I, I learn new things all the time. I share them with them, share them with my wife, and then they absorb them. And for them, it's just like a second nature to them. There's no really – they only know that bubble as they've grown up in.
0: Makes sense. And I'm, I'm so glad to say that because I think I hadn't – paid attention as much to the example that I'm leading for my children. I just I just go to work more and I, I just do it and I have a drive, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Initially, it was to make sure that I gave my children the best life possible, which is, you know, for me, it was a prior education, but then beyond that was the lifestyle. And, but then it occurred to me just, you know, just leaving as, as, as late as last year, that not only am I teaching them and giving them a good education from actual academic education, but they also see a woman who is, um, working extremely hard around her kids and putting family first and then doing the extra work, bringing their own money in and not making excuses up, but actually given the kind of lifestyle that they need, you know, that they would want trying to instill money and mindset into them as well. But at the same time, not compromising on family, nor business. And I think I that it occurred to me recently that that's an example, too, because I wasn't really thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, that giving them a good education and da, da, da. And we know the fact that you're working so hard and you're able to persevere, and the, the things you're achieving in your business, they're also learning about osmosis because they're witnessing you. And that is one of the big factors. Your children are witnessing your struggles and your achievements and your successes same time if you are somebody who's always want to be want to be entrepreneur, i should do this and i should do that because those are the things you do talk about to your family so for the if you have been talking about i want to start my business and you do that for the you know for the entirety of your children as they grow up that's what they learn that you know i want to do this but i can't really do it and whatever my father always wanted to do this but they weren't able to do it and i really thought about that you you teach that as well instead of teaching going out and doing and taking risks, you teach the opposite of not taking risks and just taking the big risk of the you She's not trying.
1: It, very interesting, Gil. Last year, I went to my two classes in my daughter's school, my oldest daughter. She was in eighth grade at the time, so 14, to speak about being an entrepreneur. They had a career day. So mm-hmm. I went in and talked about entrepreneur. And I, I said, hey, who wants to be an entrepreneur? Only a couple of kids raised their hand. Now, keep, mm-hmm. keep in mind, these are eighth graders in one class mm-hmm. and 10th graders in another, 14 and 16. And I go, what do you want to be? I got a police officer, a lawyer, doctor, some of your normal standard answers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of kids didn't have an opinion. And I said, great. So those of you that don't want to be an entrepreneur, can you just tell me some of the reasons you don't want to? Mm -hmm. And the number one reason by far was risk. There's no way that a 14-year-old and 16-year-old fully understands risk. Unless they've been conditioned and have learned that somewhere in their life. So they view already the starting life before they're even in the workforce as being an entrepreneur is more risky than taking a job where they could fire you tomorrow. And I think that's to change. I I, I personally believe being an entrepreneur is, is the recipe for an extraordinary life. And I would love to see more people open to that opportunity at least and then see what if they want to do it for themselves. But it was surprising. The risk was really shocking to me.
0: Isn't it funny that that's the kind of um, mentality that I think that non-entrepreneurial parents, I think, have not intentionally, but it's just it's it's the it's by default. You know, oh, it's too risky to do this and it's too risky to do that. And I always think the biggest risk of all is not taking risk of not taking any risks. I think okay. that's the biggest thing. And even when my so my daughter, I'm my background is a lawyer, so my daughter wants to be a lawyer. And so she wants to do, um, go into you know Oxford and whatever else, but it's lawyer. Being a lawyer is a path to. Her, oh, she has really high uh, ambitions, and I and I'm encouraging. I'm like, you know what? Somebody else may laugh at them. I think you can do it. Go for it. Go for it. And I, I highly encourage her. But it's. It's funny how for somebody else being a lawyer is ambition. For her, being a lawyer is a pathway to something else because she's seen me um you know become a lawyer and then I end up doing other things. But the skills I acquired helped me quite a lot quite extensively in my in my current career, especially my speaking career. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my abundance mindset makeover workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Um, so yeah, so my, my daughter, she sees law as a stepping stone to doing achieving everything else she wants to do. And if she does go into law, it's not as to work as an employee for someone else. It's to gain the skill. So when she's working, obviously the training part she will do with the, with the top-end law firms, again, to acquire skills. To come yeah. back and set up a whole lot of them. So, the, the entrepreneurial side of it, it's, it's it's there, it's already there. She's not thinking about being in a you know, nine to five for the rest of her life. That that would probably kill her. And so, she's already thinking, okay, I, need, I can do this and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And so, yes, she's working towards the law, uh, being a lawyer, but it's not the, the nine to five mentality. Does it make sense? And I think yeah. that's, that's purely because she's seen a mother who. Would never fit into the 95 mental health mentality, and who does all these tries, all these different things that takes takes risks, and sometimes they fail. It's not that I haven't failed, and she is witness to that. But again, that builds resilience for children that because they're not going to succeed at everything, they are going to fail. That's part of life. You know, that's numbers game. You you can't win everything you do. You're you're going to fall flat on your faces sometimes, but that's the resilience side of it. You have to pick yourself up, brush yourself up, and carry on going, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I mean this. <laughs> Not that there's their parenting, but I, you know, not that I, I know what I'm talking about here. But I think once someone said this to me a few years ago, and I absolutely loved it. My job is not to smooth out their path. My job is to prepare them for the bumpy road ahead.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's, as a parent, that's the best thing that you can do because you can't predict their future. You cannot mollycoddle them. You cannot keep them in in, in in cushions for the rest of their life. They they won't be able to to handle the things in life. And I remember when I when I went through a divorce with my 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 ex, when I was going through a divorce with my ex. I was really sad that my daughter and my son were having to experience such hardships. And now I look about it and look back at that time, and I think yes, they've probably had some traumas that have, have deals with you know a few things. But overall, it's built their character, and they're a lot more sensitive and a lot more sensible even when they, even though now they, you, they could be seen as privileged children but they're not privileged because they they understand where we came from and what happened and you know how we did have money for your food i mean though my son at the time was about five or six and my daughter was nine ten it's not something that you forget easily because we didn't have much money and we had we did struggle for food um you know the father the, the father did, um, stopped paying uh, but it's it's build them in terms of the people the kind of people you want so yeah. I think that the, the, uh, the way I'm feeling is that you agree with me. Being an entrepreneur, you're not doing it for yourself, but you're also doing it for those around you, especially if you're a parent.
1: Yeah, another core belief I have is that if I win, everybody around me wins. 100%. 100%. And so that's just a core belief I have that, you know, when I go learn something new, I share it with my team, with my family. Everybody wins when I win with my friends. And I think that that's, to me, that's what the, the playbook of life is all about is how do I design my life to be the most fun and enjoyable that I can design it to be? And one piece of that is the work and and the wealth part. I mean, even a lot of guys that I know that are post-economic, that money is never a concern for them for the rest of their lives, they like to go to work because they want to solve problems and they want to learn things and they want to handle challenges. I mean, it's not just a monetary concern. And I think that a lot of times people focus on just the monetary piece.
0: Yeah, so let's let's go on that. So okay, so uh, someone listening to this can say, okay, fine, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's fair enough that you, you know, you're um, you know, you, uh, me working on my entrepreneurial desires, whatever I can help my children too, but I still don't know I, if I can let go of my job, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes now this is something that being, being a money mindset person, I know I've seen it quite often. If you have an innate fear of going all in you will keep that holding on to the latch, you'll keep holding on to the job forever. And anytime you want to let go, you'll self-sabotage. So even if you a side hustle, you'll self-sabotage so that it's not you know it's stable enough to, to support your decision. So you never actually let go of your job. How did you break free? How did you make sure that the side hustle was your main goal and it ended up taking over and you're able to let go of your job and and thereby letting go of the employee mentality i think the biggest thing problem is we we hold on to the employee employee mentality how do we do how do we let go of that
1: i set a specific goal i said i need to make as much money in my side hustles i'm making it my day my w2 job hmm. I have my normal job my day job once i got to that goal i was ready to let go of the employee, because I could now support my family. Mm -hmm. There was upside still, wasn't like it was a a fad or something like that. And so I knew it was gonna continue. I had acquired, the other thing I think that a lot of people don't talk about is the skills you acquire, Mm -hmm. build confidence. The confidence allows you to build more skills and then you build more confidence. And as you go through these hardships, we'll call them, of, of being an entrepreneur, of wearing all the hats, you start to get confidence, I think more confidence, and then you do it again. And you do it again and you overcome these challenges. So for me, it was relatively easy. But my advice to everybody is if you can afford to keep it, start a side hustle, surpass what you make on your job, and now you're ready to go on 100%. I think too many people get scared. I've seen this happen with a lot of people who are like, they'll just go all in, they'll quit their job and they'll mm-hmm. start. And they're like, I got money in the bank. And I, I have a friend of mine I had this conversation with a few years ago. I said, That's great. He's like, I got four years of money in the bank. I said, Great. That's awesome. I'm I'm warning you. I've seen this happen with some people when they start seeing their account go down every week, every month, every month. Psycho- psychologically, they can't handle it. Yeah. Even though they know that it's there, they see that like, I'm losing, I'm losing, I'm losing money, I'm losing money. And so I said, if you're going to do this, take a set money aside and put it into a separate account and invest that money in the business. Don't just watch your main account go down and down and down every day. So I think psychologically, there's a lot of little tricks we can play on ourselves mm. to help set us up for success. And even before then, you really got to know who you are and what your skills are. Sometimes people overestimate their skills, or more often what I mm. see is they, under, they overestimate demand for a product or service. And, and we'll get into this probably a little later. But you know what, what we do, the biggest mistake that I've made in any product or service business I've done that hasn't worked out is I improperly assess demand? Just because I want a product or a service doesn't mean the market wants a product or a service, and/or is willing to pay the price mm. that I want to charge for the market. Let the market dictate to me what's going to happen for a product or service.
0: So, I think I think that's that's a skill set that you sort of gain as you go through the business. So, that's a that's a, that's a different conversation. But it, that comes with time. That comes second. And I, I'm gonna am gonna touch I'm gonna touch on the point that you just mentioned. There's a there's an energetic reason for that too. So when you're focusing on money going down, you know that's all you're going to attract. The so law of attraction dictates that if you focus on whatever you focus on expands, right? Mm-hmm. So if you focus on losing money or money going out, then more money will go out. And if you are in a scarcity mindset, then that is not the energy that you can build a business from. Whatever you try will fail, and nothing will work, and you'll get more and more frustrated. Hence that you get into a vicious cycle, you get more frustrated, you lose more money, you get more upset, you, you try harder to, to achieve your business goals. And because you're trying so hard, you're trying, the universe sees as trying, and you end up you know, making less money, end up getting more frustrated, and you end up in this horrible cycle. But you have to break free. So I think even if you have money in the bank, I think sometimes it's good to have a slight, you know, a, a, a way to have an income source, not necessarily a job, but another income mm-hmm. source, which is which is let you know probably earns less money, but it's more predictable compared to your side hustle or your your passion project, and you can take it from there, and, and that way you're able to build on. Uh, you know, build on that passion project slowly and gain the skills because you will not have all the skills. You may have some, but right. not all the skills required as, as to, to be an entrepreneur. As I've, you know, learned so many times, you know, quite rudely by, by the universe, like, you know, oh, I need to learn that too. Oh, okay. And I fumble and I fall and I, you know, brush myself up and think, okay, next. Uh, but it's a lesson that you've learned for the next time. Yeah. So if we wrap this episode up, what's been your biggest lesson that you think, you know, going from the corporate world into successfully into the entrepreneurial world that you can give to people listening who are on, who have started their entrepreneurial endeavors or are thinking about it?
1: Number one lesson is who, not how. Are you familiar I, with I love book? that book. I'm, I'm familiar right. with the book. I love that book. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in Dan Sullivan's uh, strategic coach program mm-hmm. and absolutely love the book. So for those of you who are not familiar with the, the concept essentially is we all come up with an idea, and we say, well, how do we do that? Hmm. Well, instead of saying that, who already knows how to do this? Which I just had this meeting today with one of my team members and said that exactly this morning. Hmm. Wait, is there somebody out there that already knows how to do this? Do we hmm. have to know, learn how to do this ourselves? Or can we find somebody that we can employ, contract with, partner with in some capacity hmm. that is an expert at that and speed up that process? I think there is some benefit of learning all, wearing all of the hats and being an entrepreneur hmm. and learning everything. But as soon as you learn enough of it, you need to try to get someone else to do that. Or you need to find an expert early on. I think that was the biggest mistake I made is not hiring enough experts in each of their domains earlier than I actually did.
0: And I can't I couldn't agree more. I think that this is why mentors work, that, you know, you need to get mentors and there are mentors all around you, not necessarily the ones you have to pay, but even those you can just take somebody who's been there in the industry for the last 30 years and maybe you've gone to retirement, you can take them as a mentor, take them out for lunch and, you know, pick their brains out and get some advice from them. There's no harm in asking questions and there are no dumb questions. I think a lot of the times as entrepreneurs, we we do have egos and we do want to not be seen as someone who's dumb. So sometimes it's, it's best to wear the humility hat and ask questions, even those that seem dumb, um, and to move forward. But yeah, I love that book. It's it's the who, not the how. And as soon as we begin to really internalise that that concept... Things begin to shape up because, you know, by ourselves, we're, you know, we're, we're alone. But if you get a team working with us through partnerships or through consultancy or some other means, then it's a team effort and it's a lot quicker. Yeah.
1: And they're experts in each domain, which the it's not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals three.
0: Yeah. Well, my mother used to say, you know, because of the two ones, she goes one and one is two, one is by itself and then one and one is 11. So that's how that was her phrase. <laughs> it's more than, it's more I than like three. She goes, yeah, one by itself and one and one is 11. So I'm like, okay, that's the concept that I've always stayed with me that you, you know, you're always more than the sum of, you know, the, the sum of your component parts. Okay. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. So Rob, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can you find you on the internet?
1: Uh, the Rob Green Show.com. We just started uh, a podcast a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And the idea is sharing a lot of what we talked about today. But you know, really, I believe there's three pillars, wealth, health, and relationships, and talk about each of those. And I, I, lo- I could do this all day long though. I could talk about entrepreneurship and wealth and family and the kids and health all day long. So just me getting out there to try to share my story with other people. And then also interviewing other great people and doing business case studies on a lot of entrepreneurs.
0: Fabulous. Now, if you are listening to us on the podcast, the link for Rob Screen's podcast and his other social media handles will be on the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below. In the description section, we'll have the links for him, too. Go check him out and go start listening to his um podcast, too, and see how you can learn more about e-commerce. Um, Thank you so much for today, um, Rob. Wheel. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I would love to have you back on my talkies. But for today, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: And thank you for listening to me and Rob today on Friday Feature. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time me, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website